This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation amongst three lifelong wackos that may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation and What's a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman. We're back. And this is episode 173, Super Kick Off Party. Yeah. There you go. So, sorry for the lack of episodes this preseason. Uh, there's just has not been a lot going on. And then I said, screw you, everybody. I'm going on vacation before the season starts. <laughs> And it was a glorious week away at sea without internet where I could not talk to anybody. And that was kind of glorious, honestly. <laughs> it was a nice, nice little break from everything. Away from the world. Yeah, exactly. Go. Well, not away from the world completely. I was still visiting a few islands, but. That's not the real world. Yeah. That's fake world. Well, but it's surprising how free it is not to worry about anything because you don't have the internet connections there. Pretty good. But we're back. Red Bull season starts uh, in a few days. Yes. Yes. Starting their 2015 Supporter Shield defense. Yeah. Uh, actually get a home opener for the first time since 2011, which is kind of nice. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, right? In a banner-raising ceremony. Yeah, we're not on the West yeah. Coast. Unlike the last time we won the Supporter Shield, we had to play Colorado on the second match day of the year. At, <laughs> you know, because... When supporter shields not good enough for a home game the first time. No. Anyway, so we're gonna go over the preseason real quick. Then we have uh, two guests with us today: uh, Mitchell Tierney from Waking the Red, who covers Toronto FC, and uh, good old Dan Forrestine who's gonna be here talking about the Red Bulls. And then, of course, our start of our 2016 prediction matchup stuff. Oh, there's so much, to, and I have so much stuff to talk about. There's so much stuff. We we gotta get into it. Let's do it, Jay. Let's right. just do it. Let's get crazy. Yeah. So nuts. I'm not going to go through all the roster moves. There's just too many. You all know. We all know what happened, right? We all know. Even though it's Homegrown, Miazga, we got it. Boom. Done. Although the, dra- the draft picks were signed today. There's there's the news. There you go. Okay. Yes, that is, that is big news because that did just happen. Although yeah. I think that puts us technically over the roster limit, so I don't know how that's going to play out. <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, I think uh, Eric Freelander post, uh, posted that um, – since Paranel's injured, he won't really count against the limit, the roster limit. Uh, I think until he comes in? back. Huh? What? Who? Garvey oh, Magic. We'll yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Not anyway, our concern. Uh, preseason stuff, a uh, bunch of scrimmages, a bunch of matches. Red Bulls won two scrimmages, three matches, lost two. Uh, sorry, one scrimmage, one match, and tied one. Uh, probably the ones that actually really matter. Uh, two matches against the Jacksonville Armada, a 5-2 win and a 5-1 win. Whipping. Take that, NASL. Yeah, Jacksonville. Uh, no one likes your town anyway. 5 Oops. nothing over the Montreal Impact. Yeah. Save who play. A 0-0 draw against Philly, because at that point we're just like, eh, we're almost at the season, let's just give up anyway. Right. We and don't want to show too much. Uh, th- these are not in chronological order, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
and a 3-2 loss to Orlando City, so they're probably like, yeah, we're still in vacation mode. We don't care. I don't know. That's just a guess. Um, a bunch of goal scorers, which is nice. Right, Phillips had six. Bradley Beauty. Phillips. Sorry, Bradley Phillips had six. Uh, Kleshton and Verone had three each. So those are good signs. Then uh, Verone gets hurt. Not well, a good sign. That's not a good sign, yeah. Uh, Abon and Allen both had two, and then uh, nine people with one goal. I'm not even going to list all of them. It's not worth it. I uh, think John Wolniak scored one of those goals, even. That's how <laughs> crazy the offense has been. Wolniak, he scored one. Probably. You know what? That, been, that would not have surprised me somehow. Yeah. He scored. But, uh, new, new signing, Gideon Ba, did score a goal. So that's he a, did. There you go. <coughs> so, Fancy. thoughts on the preseason? Either of you? Because I have not, honestly. I'm just, like, whatever. Let's it's good. Game. It's good. Uh, I mean, what you're seeing is a team that's been together, you know, uh, with one major addition, with Bod being the only real major addition. They, I, I think we talked about this last year, too. It's big when the team looks like they're having fun. They're playing together as a unit. Uh, they definitely enjoy each other's company. They should. They've been together for most of the guys for a couple of years now. And uh, they look ready. And that's the biggest thing. They do look ready. Uh, Robles had a, a little coffee break with the men's national team, which is nice. A little confidence booster right there. Um. Yeah, great results. It's time to party. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they've looked solid in the preseason. Um, you know, it would probably a little be me a little more encouraging if some, if their better victories came against MLS competition as opposed to uh, non MLS competition. But again, it is preseason. You can't read too much into it. Um, I would definitely say they look ready as of now. I do think there will be some growing pains. Um, you know, with uh, the back line adjusting. Um, you know, in the immediate time being, but, um, I, I don't, I would, I definitely th- don't see any reason not to be optimistic, uh, that this team will, uh, be all right. It'll be all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right. So, yeah, I think that's, there was really, that's so much to talk about with the preseason. Cause it's been no, kind of uh, Jay, it was so good that we had a peaceful town hall meeting. Oh, yeah. Two, I think that's now two in a row, and really this one was uh, completely peaceful. So this yeah. is when the earth caves in, right? I mean, <laughs> decent preseason, guys are ready, uh, great town hall, Red Bull Trump. Arena implodes. Trump, Trump winning the Gap no- nominee. Oh, no. It is the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone look for a 666 somewhere. <laughs> there's got to be a one in some kid's forehead, right? That's how I works. think so. I think it's on Trump's head. I don't know. Under all that hair. <laughs> well, that's easy to fix, at least. That's a toupee. We can pull that up real quick. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's it from the preseason. Not like there's much to talk about. No, no. I mean, our, our fans, the guy, the people who listen to our show, they know, they know the deal. They ain't rookies. All right. We don't need to break um, it down for them. So we, we actually do have one question. Uh, there's another question we're going to ask from this person later on the show. Um, Alvin Hennenberger. I think I said it right. So um, we're going to talk about this real quick, just because we don't clog up the last segment with it. Uh, how will the Red Bulls balance giving their young players time to play and develop without sacrificing their, without sacrificing the ability to beat other teams, specifically in regards to players like Sean Davis, Anatole Bond, and others who are good enough to contribute but not overtake starters? Because uh... honestly, we do have with the homegrown signings this year. You could argue we have a. Uh, an influx of talent that needs the playing time. Well, we know where they're going to be playing. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, USL is kind of the obvious choice here. Right, I, th- I think... 
falling down. That's the problem. I think the big the player. Uh, I think Sean Davis will probably be the number one guy that he'd probably want to talk about is uh, someone who's proved his worth um, on the number one team. But he, again, he's not going to be starting. But there's going to be a lot of chances throughout this season playing in three competitions where everybody is going to be needed. Everybody. Um, these guys will get uh, they're they're they'll get started in in with Red Bull two, and when you get to those early U.S. Open Cups games, sorry everybody, I'm gonna break your hearts early. There's gonna be a, young, a lot of young guys playing in those that first round or two, and you, <laughs> so I mean something's gonna have to be sacrificed when you're playing in three competitions. So, but they young guys, people are very positive about it, talking them up. So. You know, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough getting into that main league roster. Unless there's injuries, it's going to be tough to squeeze in there because these guys have gelled together. It's, it's their second year mostly together. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough. A, like I said, a lot of uh, Red Bull 2 time. It's the only way you can do it. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I think, yeah, the, and the good thing about Red Bull 2 is is not, you know, we saw the um, – the advantages that it posed compared to the old MLS Reserves Leagues. When guys were called up, they were ready to play because they're playing real competitions against real uh, real opponents. In the um, same system. And the, exactly, in the same system. And so um, that's going to go a long way to keeping these young guys fresh. And, then, and again, like Truman said, there are so many competitions this year, we probably will see a lot of young guys in the Open Cup um, earning some minutes. And, you know, they, they'll make cameos here and there through the regular season and on the main roster, especially come – uh, Copa America time when you figure guys like uh, Kamar Lawrence, possibly Luis Robles, will uh, you know make your way um, to their national teams. So um, yeah, they'll get their minutes. Um, but in terms of really like dethroning some of these guys that are established, uh, I don't see it happening uh, anytime this season. There's a stretch, and I'm going to look it up really quick. Um, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, here it is in June. Uh, they're going to play three games in a week. So you can imagine that's going to be a part where uh, you're going to see a couple of the young guys subbing in here and there. Mm-hmm. So the schedule is so crazy. It's it's a very wacky schedule. Uh, I think maybe we'll get that later on in our third segment. I think we're going to have an action-packed third segment. And then there's the U.S. Open Cup and all that stuff that will kick in in June also. Right. If things weren't tough enough with Copa America and the Gold Cup, I'm not that the Red Bulls are adversely affected by that stuff this year because only we're going to be really losing Kamar Lawrence, but still. That's actually one of the good things is that we only have one international player to really worry about. Because they overlook other uh, quality players like Dax McCartney and Luis Robles. Well, I mean, you also have to worry about uh, Gideon Ba and, um, you know, Lloyd Sam who have been getting looks from uh, Ghana. Uh, Ghana. Uh, there That's is. True. I forgot about that. Uh, BWP to Jamaica rumor continues to persist. Um, <laughs> Why not? So you know it, it is possible we'll, we we will be left a little shorthanded, but uh, you know time will tell. All right, so uh, good first segment. Good first segment. We got a, We got a busy, busy show, everybody. We so we got we got going to push this car down the road. Yeah. All right, we, so. we probably we probably would get trounced by a Liga MX segment, but you know we're in preseason form, so <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And, Maybe and, we'll talk about that later, won't we? And, and we, we only qualified for next year's CCL anyway, so we're good on this year's. Exactly. <laughs> so we have a whole year to prove. Anyway, with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have with us from wakingthered.com, Mitchell Tierney. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this.
Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Today we want to welcome onto the show uh, one of the managing editors from the SB Nation blog, Waking the Red, who covers Toronto FC, the Red Bulls' first opponent in the 2016 season, Mitchell Tierney. Mitchell, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Sure. Uh, my first question, how are the Marlies doing? <laughs> well, a lot better than the Leafs, that's for sure. I think if they played each other... Uh, the Marlies would win, although they, they did just send up a lot of their high-end talent. But, yeah, it's been an interesting year where the minor league team is a lot more fun to watch than the <laughs> senior team. Beautiful. So, uh, since our, our fans, I, I know there are a few Red Bull fans that are actually uh, Toronto fans because they're of Canadian descent. But, mm. obviously, most of our fans are not. They know the big names, Michael Bradley, uh, Juvinko, or Sebastian Juvinko. Um Kind of like a quick, like overall, like how is your, how how has Toronto's preseason been? Yeah, it was kind of an interesting preseason. I mean, they seemed to start it quite well. They they had two different camps, I guess. Uh, so first off was in L.A. and they did pretty well in that. They won every game, albeit against mostly uh, university and college opposition, and then uh, did defeat the L.A. Galaxy. And then they came back to Toronto before flying to Florida, and that that part of the camp didn't go quite as well results-wise. Um, they drew the New York Red Bulls in a 70-minute scrimmage, as you guys may know. Yep. And um, then, uh, yeah, otherwise just didn't win a game during that during that stretch. Um, so it wasn't exactly uh, you know ideal for the team who are you know going to be going on the road now and trying to gain some crucial results to start the season. What are the thoughts of that start of the season? Because it's, it's obviously going to be a brutal stretch playing so many road games. Uh, what is your honest thought about how they're going to manage uh, this big chunk? Well, it definitely hurts that, you know, Josie Altidore might be out for a bit of it. I mean, uh, he looks pretty doubtful for the New York game, and uh, other reports have suggested he could be out. It's close to a month, depending upon how he heals. Um, and hopefully they don't rush him back from that injury. So that's that's a big one. But I think otherwise this team's mostly deeper than it was last season, and I think that's definitely going to help bring in a guy like Will Johnson who can, you know, at home on the road kind of knows the ins and outs in MLS and can get can help the team get results. And other players like that, Drew Moore, they're going to be a tougher team to score on this year. Um, it's just trying to, you know, keep that offense up from last season that I think is going to be the – the real tell of how Toronto FC does in the early part of the season. I think that's always been the biggest weakness of TFC over the years. They've had a lot of great uh, scorers and offensive players, but the defense has never, ever held up. Um, do you believe that, it, like you said, do you really think it's approved enough where they can make a push this year, uh, not only just just play a one game in, but maybe get to a second round of the playoffs? Um, you know, it's tough to tell before the season starts just because uh, it is Toronto FC and so much tends to go wrong with Toronto FC. I mean, they're, you know, since they've, they've joined the league, they got Defoe that season and it seemed like everything would go their way. Things still went wrong. Um, pretty much, you know, anything that can goes wrong for Toronto FC. So, you know, it's hard to comment on whether they'll get further um, than they did last year, but you know, the team, at least on paper, seems to have improved significantly. Um, it's just, 
it's just, you know, little things like whether or not the team will be able to get results when, you know, Josie and Michael go off to the Copa America or Sebastian Giovinco goes off to the Euros. I think the depth of this team will really be tested this year and we'll see whether or not, you know, Tim Bezvichenko is the genius GM that the offseason seems to have made him. Um, I was going to say, like, you, you said depth. We'll talk about depth. Who are the players do you expect to uh, step up for this team? Um, yeah, I guess outside of the starting 11, um, it's, it's going to be a big year for a lot of young Canadian players, especially, um, I think a guy like Jordan Hamilton, who's been on the Toronto FC radar for a while as a young striker seems to score at every level he plays at, but hasn't really had an opportunity to step up, uh, into major league soccer the last few years as he's been behind guys like Luke Moore, obviously Altidore and Defoe when he was here, guys like that. So he really hasn't had a chance. Uh, to play MLS minutes, and this is a really big year for him. Um, and so he'll probably get a very good opportunity. I mean, they moved Hercules Gomez out recently, so Toronto's striker core is actually pretty thin all of a sudden, uh, seeing as Luke Moore already moved out as well. So he's a young guy that um, will really be important for the depth of the striker core. And then Mo Babouli is another young Canadian player who's expected to be signed, um, and he's more of a winger who you know could, again... Um, this is a big year for him. He's he's 23, I believe, and he's just you know this is this is a year where he kind of has to put up or shut up, if you will, because he's been involved in Toronto FC two and um, kind of been on the fringe of the first team, but he he's never played MLS minutes, so they want to see him develop into an MLS player this year. Or, um, it might be the road for Mobabuli. So kind of shift topics. Um, yeah, no worries. Truman Tr- Tr- kind of mentioned. Uh, playing away from home and for the fans or for the listeners of ours who don't know uh, BMO Field is undergoing some uh, renovations to uh, host a CFL team in the future um, and I was kind of curious how does the fan base feel about the fact that their home I guess is going to be shared and that it's going to be under renovation for a while I would say the renovations as strictly renovations are pretty well received I mean you know there's going to be a roof on the stands there's more stands um, the atmosphere has already improved at BMO Field, I would say, considering there's just more people there, and it's a more it's been a more exciting team to watch of late than it's ever been before. But you know, with that comes the fact that the Toronto Argonauts are going to move in, and I think there's a lot of worry among Toronto FC fans, and worry bordering on hate. You know, the things have not gone well between the two clubs uh, since it was announced that the Argos would move in. Uh, Toronto Argonauts fans, see Toronto FC fans, they, I guess they don't really understand the concerns of Toronto FC fans that, you know, football really could tear up the Toronto FC grass. And, um, I think so far we've seen MLSE handle it pretty well. And, you know, Toronto FC has been given first priority. There's a good, decent gap between Toronto FC games and CFL games all year. Um, but, you know, the, the second that MLSE stopped keeping promises, I think the fan base is just going to go into full revolt. I don't know how big, uh, like, the Argonauts are in Toronto. I mean, as you know, like, most of the original MLS teams, it was all stadium sharing for the most part, Mm -hmm. and they were definitely second tenant. So is that a possibility of them becoming a second tenant? Or are they the bigger team in Toronto? Uh, The Toronto Argonauts? Uh, TFC, are they the bigger club compared to the Argonauts? Um, you know, historically, it's clearly the Argonauts, obviously. Toronto FC have only come in uh, in 2007. It's kind of an interesting, I mean, this is almost like an interesting thing, especially from an outsider. 
uh, to really see which like which team because the Argonauts are very much a dying team right now. Their attendance has gone significantly down. That's why they're moving into a smaller venue in Field versus the Rogers Center. Also because Blue Jays said get if you grass infield, we don't want you messing with it. Um, so it, yeah, it will be very interesting to see. I would say at the moment that Toronto FC are bigger without a doubt. Um, just attendance numbers and such, but the CFL still really has a strong contingent in Canada. TSN, which is one of our major sports channels, really pushes CFL content. It's kind of their, their brainchild, and I think this is going to be a big year for the Argonauts to really prove um, whether or not they can be they can be the the big or a bigger fish in this market, and whether or not they can you know use this demo field move to kind of rejuvenate themselves. They will be hosting the Great Cup this year, uh, whether or not they'll be in it. Uh, remains to be seen, which is uh, the Canadian Super Bowl. <laughs> just, just so you know, um, nowhere near as big as the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it will be interesting. But I don't see I don't see the Argonauts overtaking Toronto and becoming that primary tenant anytime soon. Is Doug Flutie still playing in the CFL? Is that still happening? <laughs> Pardon? Is Doug Flutie still around? Is he still playing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now I know he's missing the game uh, coming up most likely, uh, but um, you know there's a lot of consternation about Josie Altidore's return to MLS amongst U.S. national team fans. Uh, how would you rate his first season with TFC? Um, are, are, is there a buzz about him amongst your, the fans? You, were you satisfied with his first season? It's it's been an interesting one because you look statistically, and I mean. 13 goals in 25 games for a striker is pretty solid, especially for a Toronto FC striker, um, one who dealt with injuries and absences and all kinds of other inconsistencies. That's a that's a good uh, tally for a striker in MLS. But I think at the same time, you know, he he really suffers from being next to Giovinco in the in the comparison sense. You know, Toronto FC fans see how much they can get out of a designated player, and you know it's. It's it's just incredible what Giovinco does, and then they see Altidore, who's a very different player, wasn't exactly fit for most of last season, so kind of lacked defensively and in some other aspects as well. Um, so, that, you know, by comparison, Altidore wasn't that well-liked in Toronto, I wouldn't say last season. And, yeah, it should be really interesting to see what, what he does this year just because, um, you know, he, he has gotten more healthy. He has, you know... Well, we'll see if he's gotten more healthy, but he has tried really hard to slim down and kind of um, take on the defensive role more seriously. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I would say his perception is, you know, not the greatest right now, but if he has a great year this year, you know, there's the opportunity that Toronto fans will embrace him. So, shall we talk about Sunday? I mean, that's why we're here, right? The big, sure, yeah. the, the big game, the first game, uh, the first game of the uh, MLS season, I believe, right? I mean, there's unless someone's mm. playing at 9 a.m., which I'm pretty sure it's not happening. Uh, this is the first game, so give us your game preview. How do you expect TFC to come into this game and get results in a place where they do usually do not get results? Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be very interesting to see TFC because all preseason they've played a very offensive 4-3-3, which evidently you can pull back and have defensive, more of a defensive shape um, in you know when when you're defending. But for for the most part, they've had a lot of attacking players involved 
And I don't expect that to change when they play the Red Bulls. You know, they'll, they'll move Giovinco into the middle and they'll have guys like Osorio and Drafik, uh, Subasa, Endo up top. So they're really probably going to go for it against the New York Red Bulls. And that's going to be a really interesting thing to see, you know, if their back line can hold with maybe not as much midfield support as they normally would put into, um, into, you know, a, a, an away game like this against a really good, uh, you know, opponent. Uh, you know, sport shield winner last year. So I'm, yeah, I'm just interested to see. I think it'll be a pretty open game. And if Toronto FC, you know, if the back line can hold, then, you know, this could be, this could be a good start to the season for Toronto FC. But, um, yeah, it's going to be whether that, whether that attacking unit and attacking mentality works out. So, um, part of the Red Bulls game plan last year, and it looks like they're going to kind of double down on it this year, is a high pressure system where, the forwards and midfielders try to, you know, force a turnover as far up the field as they can. Do you think that the defense and midfield of Toronto are suited to counter that kind of a play? Or an NFL, like, what can Red Bull fans expect to see in terms of that? Well, I think a big help for that is the acquisition of Stephen Betashore and having two, you know, two very solid MLS uh, fullbacks in Justin Morrow and Betashore. I think that. Last year, Toronto FC was exposed a lot, and, and by the Red Bulls, you know, in those games that they played on the right-hand side, where, you know, they passed the ball to the right, and they'd have, you know, a right back that wasn't fully comfortable in that position, and the Red Bulls would just, you know, play their high press there and just cause havoc and turn it over and such. I think that having two good fullbacks is going to make it a lot easier for Toronto FC to play it out wide in defense and, you know, be able to confidently move it out of their own area. Now, the midfield should be interesting because, you know, this is going to be the first MLS game that Michael Bradley and Will Johnson and probably Benoit Sheru will be playing together. So whether or not they can, you know, as a midfield three, uh, play very well against what will, I, I would assume a midfield four from the, from the Red Bulls. I'm not really sure how they line up, but, um, it, it should be very interesting to see how, how things do in the midfield. But like I said, I think the fullbacks, um, bringing in a new fullback will really help Toronto in terms of what they can do out wide and the confidence they'll have with moving it out of their own end. So before we get uh, your predictions kind of on not only the game, but maybe the season, uh, this is one of my favorite questions I have to ask a uh, new guest of ours. And that is, you have to shut down one guy on the Red Bulls starting lineup. Who is that guy? have to shut down one guy. So, got to shut down okay. one guy. Um. Yeah, I guess it's got to be Bradley Wright Phillips. I know it's the it's the easy answer, but he just caused so many problems for Toronto FC in the past, and he's the kind of player that really that really can um, tear a team like Toronto FC apart with his pace and his vision and his finishing. So, I think that would be the player that um, Toronto FC will be looking to shut down. Uh, they can they can they usually do pretty well in midfield battles, um, and they usually um, can you know can do pretty well against good defenses as we saw last year you know they were one of the best offenses in major league soccer it's just like really good strikers kai kamara was another example of a player that just tore them apart last season so yeah it would have to be bradley Wright phillips so uh, how do you think uh your own boys up there in toronto will finish this season you see any improvements will they uh where do you think they'll finish in the east and will they make the playoffs um i'd say they'll finish in the top yeah, I, I, look, I think they're getting a home playoff game this season, um, which is something it was kind of their goal last season. So I think they'll they'll definitely get by that first round uh, of the playoffs. But uh, you know, it's it's tough to see them making a conference final, um, especially since 
they just haven't been that far in the playoffs before. There's not while there is playoff experience here from from the core guys, um, you know, your Bradley, your uh, your Giovinco, they just haven't had that experience before. And it, it was interesting to see them kind of implode last season. You know, even Toronto's best players who played in huge games um, weren't, you know, just didn't look ready for the playoffs. So, um, you know, I can see them getting getting probably to that second round of the playoffs, but conference finals seems like a bit of a stretch. And, you know, I don't think people will be too happy with if they can't get to a conference final this year. All right, so the last thing we have any guests do, especially before match day, is give their predictions. So, Mitchell, Red Bulls hosting Toronto FC on Sunday in the season opener. What do you think the final result's going to be? Um, I'll go with a 2-1 score for the Red Bulls. I think that, you know, Toronto will come in, they'll look good um, attacking-wise. And they'll do they'll do a couple of good things, but I think that at the end of the day, that New York's just more you know they're a they're a better team overall, and I think they're Toronto still have a lot of things that they're working out with their new system and a lot of new players that they plugged in this off season uh, into their system that they have to figure out, and I think New York's just a team that's just more prepared to start a season, especially at home, uh, very strong. So uh, yeah, I see I see New York taking this one by a score of two to one. All right, there you go. Um, Mitchell, before we you go, though, of course, we got to give you the chance to uh, let our listeners know where they can find you on the Internet and where they can read your stuff. Absolutely. You can read my stuff at wakingthered.com. That's the Toronto FC SB Nation site. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mitchell Tierney. There you go. Nice awesome. and simple. All right, uh, Mitchell, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull rant for you right after this. Go Marlies. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome back onto the show for the God knows whoever. <laughs> uh, our friend from Forestine Fire and now officially beat writer for Once a Metro covering us through the press box. Dan Forestine. Dan, welcome back to the show. Truman! Pat! Hi, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Well, first of all, let me just say um, I'm glad to have taken the invitation. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, at, at the same time, uh, it's great being back on this show because, you know, uh, we work so well together every time you bring me on and I'm enjoying it again and again and again and again. And, and you know what? what's even better is that uh, we're three days away, three days away. Yes. Three days away from utter bliss of a – season, then hopefully uh, this season can become uh, upper echelon of, oh, I don't want to say what it could be, but uh, I think we all know what we're talking about, so it feels really good. Oh, yeah. Now, Questions? I am actually, hold on, I'm, sure. I'm going to do this down to the second. So officially, it's two days, 16 hours, 20 minutes, and zero seconds as we go with this. <laughs> all right. Woohoo! Just, just figure it, throw that out there. That's fine. <laughs> You do whatever you want, Jason. It's your show. It's their show. But <laughs> hey, listen, this is my boss now. I have to go and agree with everything he says. So, you know, I want to keep no, my job. I don't want, I don't want to guess, man. Come on. <laughs> no, I know. I'm only kidding with you. I'm only kidding with you. I never uh, agree with him. 
Well, yeah, <laughs> but anyway. Um, Go ahead. Let's, uh, so it's been a, a relatively quiet offseason for the Red Bulls. I mean, the the biggest news was Matt Miazga leaving. Um, I, what are your thoughts on that, that the Red Bulls actually had a, a quiet offseason? Uh, this is one of the most rarest offseasons, uh, you know, in MetroStar slash Red Bulls history because there's always been turnover. It, it, if it's not the head coach... Uh, it's a player that is no longer with the team or players that are no longer with the team. And, you know, this is a rare thing. And let me just say it. It's a great thing because, you know, as you said, Matt Miazga is no longer uh, with the club. He's over with Chelsea. They brought over Gideon Ba from a Finnish club, a Ghanaian central defender on the national team. Uh, and also, uh, you know, just a couple of uh, – Fill-ins here and there. Obviously, probably when uh, we get ready for this regular season to start, a couple of these players will probably be playing for the USL team, uh, Red Bull 2. But other than that, um, it's been pretty good. And, you know, I was able to watch the stream uh, when they were down in Jacksonville. Obviously, uh, as I was reporting for Once a Metro, uh, there is news. It's um, it's a possibility of a two- to four-week uh, injury of a hamstring for uh, – Gonzalo Verón, but before the injury, he looked fantastic. I mean, this is the guy that everyone wanted to see him play and start, but I felt that it was the right thing what Jesse and Ali did, ease him in, because it's not so much what we needed him for uh, in the second half of last season. It's about the other seasons in the future, and it's going to start in 2016, and you know what? What he has shown in the preseason, Jesse and Ali – Great job. I have no problems with what they did. So, yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of the fans expected with uh, Verone last year, that he was just going to sub here and there, kind of get his feet wet, and then this year was going to be the break, big breakout year. And from what everyone's talking about, he's going to be taking Grella's spot, which I'm kind of okay with. I loved Grella as the super sub. That was the position I loved him in. And uh, he's going to be starting now, obviously, uh, but I think when Verone comes back, he's going to be the guy for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, once again, this is going to be a long season. I mean, let's not forget, it's not just the league season we're going to have. We're also going to have the Open Cup again and the CONCACAF Champions League. And hopefully, I think it'll be around May, we'll get the draw for the 16-17 edition. Um, But once again, you're right there, Truman, because, you know, Grella, as great of a season as he had last year, and, he, you know, some of the moves he was able to make were absolutely – Unbelievable, especially scoring a goal in seven seconds, the uh, opening seven seconds against the Union in the last home game last year. Uh, we're, I mean, that's fine for me. You know, if Grell's going to start sometimes, that's great because that's why Jesse Marsh has a roster that is going to be competing for minutes every single game, every single week. And this is healthy competition. And Grella knows, you know, he's part of a team. And when his number's going to get called, either coming on as a substitute or a spot starter, he knows what to do. Pat, I talked to him Monday. I know what he. I know. What he <laughs> He's been through this already on my show. All right, so all right, let me ask you this, and uh, we'll, we'll keep it short because I mean we could break this down forever. But Supporter Shield last year, conference finals didn't quite make it. Uh, like we said, the teams pretty much flow together. Minus one player, they added one player. What are your honest expectations? for this team this year? You know, we have to admit that I think Toronto's gotten better. Uh, We have to admit I think Philadelphia 
not so much on the roster, but in management they've gotten better, and it might help the roster uh, be a little bit more disciplined. It sounds like Chicago's gotten better. But the truth of the matter is I think this team right now, the New York Red Bulls, um, they're going to be fighting for the top. I think they will make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll win the Shield or not or reach the top of the East. That might be a bit um, tougher now. But I do see them making it to the Cup Final. I do see them getting there. Uh, whether they win it or not, that's another thing. But right now I see them going to the Cup Final this year because it's still the same side. They know what they got to do, and they're going to be very hungry to get back to that level once again. So we actually have a question uh, that I was going to bring up later um, from a listener. I'm pretty sure I'm going to script the name. Alvin Hennenberger, which I think actually did a pretty good job. Anyway, um, so he asks, who are the greatest threats to the Red Bulls' dominance in the East? And I figure since you said that you're not sure if they're going to win the Shield this year, that would be a perfect uh, thing to talk about. Well, you know what? Um, I mean, Philadelphia right now, I don't see them as a threat, but they can be, shall we say, an annoyance. I think Toronto right now uh, has gotten things together. They are hungry to get back into the playoffs, obviously, and I think they could be a threat to win the East on the Red Bulls. Uh, the Columbus crew, as always, they're going to be a threat because of, uh, you know, now Kai Kamara has signed that designated player contract from the crew. He's, the holdout is over, so Kamara and the crew will be a threat. Um, right now, I'd say probably like uh, Toronto and uh, Columbus are the biggest threats. New England, we don't know what's going to come from them, especially with the whole Jermaine Jones situation. He still hasn't signed that contract. His uh, suspension has not kicked in yet, so once he signs that contract, he's going to be suspended for six games. Uh, when that happens, I don't know. But if Jermaine Jones is sensible enough uh, for New England, he should just sign it and just get it over with, and he's going to miss those two qualifiers against Guatemala. Um, Chicago will improve, but not improve to the point where they'll be a threat. D.C., while they did get knocked out of the CONCACAF Champions League, um, I just don't see them doing anything. They might have a good start, but it's probably going to fizzle out in the middle, and then they'll just go flatline at the end. So I just say watch out for Toronto. Montreal now, it's a bit of a, of a question mark because Drogba's not going to play on turf inside the Olympic Stadium. So honestly, I, I think it's more... Columbus and Toronto, uh, you have to watch out for when it comes to the top spa of the East. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think we're just we're just kidding ourselves there. Which is <laughs> and as our previous guest, he'll, he actually explains how he thinks the team's going to do this year. So mm. I'm always a prove-it kind of guy. I think you have to prove it. You have to prove to me that you're going to be a competitor. That's right. That's just me, though. No, that's fine. And listen, I mean, how many times, and if you want to associate hockey, Truman, I mean, how many times have we seen uh, these NHL or MLS predictions saying, okay, this team's going to do something great, and then it's like, yeah, you keep saying this all the time, and then they fizzle out when it matters most. I mean, look at the Washington Capitals. I know they're having a great year in the NHL, but they've never proven it in the playoffs. And if they're going to fizzle out in the playoffs once again, well, guess what? You were wrong. So that's the whole thing, isn't it? Right now, I just feel like, Toronto might be a little bit better um, than some of the other teams, but then again, we'll see what happens at the end. Do I think the Red Bulls might not make uh, the top of the East? You know, no, they could. But then again, you never know. That's why you got to play the season. But I still feel that the Red Bulls, if, if they do win the East but not win the Shield, that's still good because 
you could try and get home field advantage if you can and see if the other side is going to get knocked out, whoever wins the, the Western Conference in the regular season, if they do get the shield. I mean, Portland's dangerous in the West. Dallas is dangerous in the West. Houston is a little iffy still. Sporting Kansas City is still tough. Galaxy, that's a bigger question mark, I believe, the LA Galaxy. Not so much what happened against Santos Laguna in the Champions League, but you're seeing all these European veterans coming over. And I think for the first time in a long time, goalkeeping is a big question mark for the Galaxy. I'm not saying Dan Kenny's not great, but he's not spectacular either. So I'm going to ask you this, and we're going to switch it real quick. Uh, as you might have heard on our show a few times last year, I like to have a little thing called uh, the terrible team of the week. So who do you think is going to be the terrible team of the year? Well, we're going to have to go to our friends that are just south of Philadelphia. We're going to have to go to our friends that's just very north of Orlando. And I'm telling you right now, it just feels good to say it because it's true. D.C. United. Wow. That's a bold prediction. Very bold prediction. They're going to miss uh, Perry Kitchen that much, huh? Uh, Perry Kitchen, I don't think that uh, that on-loan guy from Boca Juniors is going to help out neither. Wow. I like it. I like hearing that, and I hope it comes true. I really do. Well, I mean, look at it this way. I mean, you got Bill Hamid who's out, what, six months with that injury? And that's going to be like, what, the first three months of this regular season, maybe more? I mean, let's, let, let's just say this right now. Andrew Dykstra is not the level of a goalkeeper. At the same time, he's not that level of a um, basket case, shall we say, that Bill Hamid is. But, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, Dykstra's decent. But if once he handles the Red Bulls, he's going to get taken down and taken down hard. So let's kind of shift gears now. Um, the Red Bulls made a little bit of a, little bit of a splash this offseason by signing not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but I think it was six homegrowns overall this offseason, maybe seven. I don't know the exact amount because there's just so many of them. Um, but they really made a statement by signing so many homegrown players, uh, one of which, uh, Mel Corbos, has already been waived and possibly going to NYRB2. You never know on that one. But mm-hmm. what do you think of this strategy? Uh, and obviously, I know they're not going to start this year uh, and probably not contribute a lot of starting minutes. They'll probably spend most time in USL, but... What do you think of the strategy by the Red Bulls of signing all these homegrown kids to contracts, especially some of them coming out of college, some of them not, but just in general, this idea of actually signing academy players to the team? You know what? It's about time. I mean, I'm happy with it. If these are the crop, uh, excuse me, the cream of the crop that the Red Bull Academy has produced, sooner or later you're going to have to throw these guys in and have them play regular minutes. Now, will some of them be with the USL team? They probably will be, and that's fine because you're going to have them play these types of games, and there are still these clubs in the USL that are not, uh, you know, an MLS2 team, you know, like Rochester, like Charleston, like Wilmington, like, um, you know, those clubs uh, that have done so well uh, in the past USL years. Um, You know, that's fine. But if we can play Chelsea every week and they can take them down four goals to two every time, that's the best thing because, you know, I think that showed the world not only that MLS is no longer a retirement league, it's also a league where we're finally going to get homegrown players that are going to get the opportunity to take on the best of Chelsea. Now, I understand it was only international friendly. It's the International Champions Cup. 
you know, we don't know what happened inside the locker room. We don't know. We don't even know what Mourinho said to his players before they uh, sh- uh, shit the bit uh, in the Premier League this year. But when Gus Hedink came over, but still, once again, you know, Tyler Adams, he scored a goal against the Premier League champions to make it two to one to give him a two one lead. Sean Davis already started getting minutes. He scored two goals against the Premier League champions. Of course, he's had a couple of goals himself in Open Cup play in the regular season as well. So it's great. And you know what? It's, that doesn't mean, you know, okay, we can forget Bradley Wright Phillips. We can forget Mike Grella. We can forget Gonzalo Verone. No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that finally these kids are going to get an opportunity that normally in the past they never would have gotten this opportunity. Because all the time, the MLS is structured on either bringing back uh, American national team players to the league or bringing those ex-superstars of Europe when Thierry Henry came over here, when Tim Cahill came over, and David Beckham. Now you got Ashley Cole in L.A. and Nigel DeJong in with L.A. as well and Steven Gerrard. You know, but what the Red Bulls are saying is, fine, let New York City FC get all the washed-up former European superstars and let them play in the Bronx because they're never going to get past uh, the playoff line because this team here, we're going after players who want to be here and we're going to develop our own and we're going to show you and everyone else why this is the best club in the league. Boom! That's all i got to say about that. And honestly, we're going to talk about it later, but um, I'm pretty much behind you, but I really, I still think this is the best team in the league. Yes, Top to bottom. That's fine. And I'm not, uh, that's not a braggadocious Red Bulls fan, but it's uh, it yet again. We'll we'll discuss it again. It happened at that game uh, that Pat and I went to against DC. We just looked at the team. And you're like, who is this? This is the best <laughs> Red Bulls team I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And when you don't really change, we'll see. It's going to be a little bit. The defense is going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. Uh, hopefully, it's a positive adjustment period with Ba um, and Zubar. You know, probably starting until Paranel gets back. Um, but if that's only a minor issue and they play like they did last year, be afraid MLS. That's all I'm going to say. And especially be afraid Eastern Conference. That's right, because I'm telling you right now, Ba has really looked like he's fitted in very well. Uh, he was in the, the one week uh, between the, the trips down back down to Orlando, Florida, before the, the Jacksonville friendly. Ba came over. He looked solid in training with the club. He looked solid in uh, – the preseason with the club. I mean, he even scored his first preseason goal as a Red Bull in that friendly against Jacksonville. Snap header off a corner. He looked solid on that one in the first half. And all you can say is Ba has already uh, acclimated himself. So all you can say right now is things are clicking early on. Obviously, we'll wait, as Mr. Uh, Ayapico has said. It's two days and a couple of minutes or a couple of hours away from the opening kick of the 2016 season. And I cannot wait. <laughs> so let's let's get on with the last two things we have. Prediction for the Red Bulls for the season. Where are they at the end of the season? The Eastern Conference. Where are they in the playoffs? Presumably, I'm going to guess you're saying top of the East, maybe supporter show. But I want to hear what you actually have to say. Well, I think Dan said Cup final, right? Wasn't that your prediction already? Yes, cup final. Well, yeah. Cup, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean top of the East. That's why I'm just I'm asking to make it official. Okay, well, here it is. It's official, official right now. Um, I believe this season they'll be fighting for the Shield and top of the East, but I think they'll just be behind. I think they'll finish second. I think uh, Toronto probably will win the Supporter Shield this year. 
but still that doesn't mean that the Red Bulls cannot make any damage in the playoffs. I still see them going to the cup final, but I'll say this right now. Um, they could finish top of the East, but no shield, or uh, finish in second, still go to the playoffs, and still be dangerous. And I'm, next I'm going to ask you for your – or not right now, but we'll get to the TSC prediction in a minute, but because I just thought of this, um, Jesse Marsh was interviewed by – what the hell his name is? One, one of the Sports Illustrated guys. I can't remember his name. It's uh, not Grant the, Wall, is it? Probably is. I don't know. <laughs> But Grant Wall's all over the country. He's all over the world. He was, but he was asked about the playoff format, and I just real quick because that came to my mind. What do you think about Marsha's suggestion that they should get rid of away goals and just automatically assign a series tie to the higher seed? Oof! Wow, um, that's Oof. interesting. You know why not? I mean, that's that's really interesting. You know, <laughs> here's the funny thing, isn't it? Just to throw my two cents, we've had an aggregate goals, but we never had the away goals until all of a sudden, you know, the big argument was when the Red Bulls lost to Houston uh, back in 2013, you know, the score was 3-3 and went to overtime automatic, extra time automatically, but there was no away goals because if it would have been 2-1 Red Bulls on away goals, if it would have, sta- if it would have stood uh, and they would have advanced to the next round, but, um, you know, that's not bad. I mean, look, I'm open to ideas. I'm not this, uh, you know, person. We, you know, who he is. I know who he is, but we won't mention his name. It does start with the letter T, but that's the no, end of it. No, uh, no. We won't mention him. Don't worry. I promise. I promise. Summons him. No, no, <laughs> I'm not summoning him. I'm saying we are avoiding him. But um, you know, um, I, I'm fine with the away goals rule in the MLS Cup playoffs. And if if Marsh's idea wants to be used, go right ahead. It's fine. All right, last thing, and then we got to get to our prediction stuff. So Red Bulls, Toronto, opening game of the season at Red Bull Arena on Sunday. What is your match prediction for that game? Okay, uh, two things. Number one is the match prediction. I still believe we have the greatest fortress in all of MLS, and that is Red Bull Arena. As decent of an upgrade Toronto is going to be, and even though they'll still have Bradley and Giovinco, no Josie Altidore because of his hamstring injury, it will be 3-0 Red Bulls. Wow. And we will see Bradley Wright Phillips convert to Sean coming off the bench as a sub and putting in the final nail in the coffin. Wow. Second. Even bolder. Second. That second Supporter Shield banner will be shining so bright. Being raised to the rafters of Red Bull Arena next to its... Uh, older brother in 2013. So we're going to see. Toronto will be blinded by two supporter shield banners, and they will never, ever get close to Luis Robles. There you go. Wonderful. <laughs> I'll take your bold, money now. Bold, bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, real quick, where can people find you on Twitter? Because obviously, like I said, you are at whatsmatch.com now for your yes. Red Yes. So where else can people find you online? Online as well on Twitter, uh, at capital letter D, capital letter F, all lowercase E-U-E-R-S as in Sam, T-E-I-N. I am also, once again, uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Feuersteins Fire, no apostrophe S. And, yes, you can also hear Feuersteins Fire on Once a Metro as well. Thank you, boss for allowing me to put my show 
next to the Great Red Bull Rant Podcast. Man, I am what, a lucky person. This is how Dave must have felt when uh, he was on and uh, Pat called him boss. <laughs> 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 no, but honestly, Pat, uh, Pat, Truman, and Jason, it, it's really great to work with you guys officially. I mean, not to say I never worked with you, but you know, just to be a part of the whole once a Metro uh, group. It's uh, it's a great uh, honor to be with you guys, and I'm very, very honored to be a part of it. Sounds and good. Of course, it's a great honor to have you on board. So Thank you. It's all, I mean, there's so much I can say, but it's still a little time. Uh, <laughs> the big show. we got a big show here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's stuff, so. Well, um, there's always next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll call you uh, Thursday around 9 a.m. That's right. Have you come on. That's right. <laughs> All right, so with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Once again, we want to thank uh, Mitchell and Dan for coming on the show. A lot of stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you. Yep, a lot of stuff to digest. But now let's completely just screw over everything we just did and talk about everything else that we want to talk about. Tons. Uh, tons, tons, tons of stuff. Uh, Truman, since you've done more planning for this episode than I did, you get to tell us what our next topic is. Uh, I don't know where you guys want to start. I mean, I have some fun stuff we can do. We could do some serious stuff. Uh, we have to predict a game. Why don't we predict the game first, shall we? Sounds like a good idea. Why don't we predict the game? Because that's the last word you want to do. I don't know. No, no, no. This is what we always do. I don't know if you remember last year, Jay, but what we would do is we'd come back and we'd predict the game. And then we're going to talk about the season. Oh, that's right. We had our dumping ground stuff. I forgot about um, that. Unless someone wants to, uh, you know, flip it up and we can talk season and then game. You want to do season and game? Season game? Sure. Let's do season game. Let's season game, Jay. There you go. Season game. Because I have to announce who the last year's prediction winner is. It's better when we do that with the actual game. Anyway, season first. Okay. Go ahead, Truman. You can go first. Uh, all right. Well, it, it kind of talked about a little bit with Dan. Uh I'm going to put the schedule aside, okay, because it is a very wacky schedule. Their teams can be very busy throughout the year. But I'm just going to look at this team and the way it's set up with these players and with Jesse Marsh maybe coming up with uh, a different formation when they need to score goals as they got into trouble last year with putting a Gonzalo uh, Verone up front with BWP. I love this team. I, I I really do. I think um, hopefully Verone comes back soon and is healthy. With the healthy those two up top, this is going to be one of the toughest teams to beat in Major League Soccer. And I hope I'm not jinxing it, but it's it's my honest opinion. I think they're going to be a really really good team, and I don't see a reason why they can't compete for the Supporter Shield again. The only thing that's gonna that's going to be tough is uh, playing in three different competitions, and you'll see how Jesse Marsh navigates it. And as Jesse Marsh proved last year, he doesn't mess around. They wanted to win. They want to win every competition they're in, and they showed that with the U.S. Open Cup last year. It will be tougher playing in CONCACAF 2, but hopefully with these young guys integrating into the system, it's going to be easier to bring players in and out for the different competitions. I don't see a team in the Eastern Conference that's better than they are. I I really don't. don't, I, I don't think D.C. is going to be that great. Smurf City is... 
I'm sorry. Don't don't care. Philly don't care. Toronto, we just said it. You, you got to prove some. Toronto's going to prove it to us that they can actually uh, succeed throughout a season. And now with Didier Drogba going all teary on Rihanna's and not really wanting to play on turf, we'll see how Montreal's going to play this year. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't see a team that threatens them in the Eastern Conference, and I, I see no reason why they can't win it again. Um, I think at least they're going to finish in the top two in the Eastern Conference. And then the playoffs, and I'm hoping this team is like the Kansas City Royals of last year where they're pissed off, they didn't get as far as they needed to, and they didn't win, and they're going to come out barnstorming this year, kick some ass, and maybe actually, uh, I don't know, win that big old trophy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm more or less in the same boat. I, I I do think this team is one of, if not the best, in the Eastern Conference. Um, that being said, I don't see them finishing in the Supporters Shield or even the top of the Eastern Conference, and I and I believe that's just because schedule congestion. I mean, it really is nothing more than that. It's tough. It's very very tough. I mean, they got three tournaments. I, I do hope. I mean, I've always hoped that they don't take the Open Cup that seriously, especially with CCL on on deck this year. Um, you know, if, if they do try to play all three tournaments between MLS regular season, Open Cup, CCL, they're going to be damn tired by the end of the season. Uh, it is going to cause them to drop matches. At some point, they're going to have to throw kids into regular season matches if they do that, stuff like that. So um, that taking that all into account, uh, I don't think they will finish a top. I do think they'll probably be like two or three in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, I, I think – uh, Toronto has improved. I do think, uh, you know, Columbus crew are, they're not going to take a step back, so they're going to be tough. Uh, Montreal, we'll see. I mean, like you said about Drogba, we'll, we'll see if he, you know, if he, if his, uh, his temperament gets the better, better of him by the end of the season. Um, so there, there is some good competition there in the East that we will be facing a bunch. Um, it'll be between those four, I think, near the top, but, uh, I do think the Rebels will finish two or three by the end of the season. I think I'm signing with Pat here. I, I think, uh, probably around second in the East is a good spot. And schedule congestion aside, MLS is a weird league. Like, it's, like, think of it this way. Like, EPL this year is, like, completely upside down and nobody knows why. That's every year in MLS. Like, you can't predict a single goddamn thing in this league. Um, Except for maybe Bruce Arena getting mad about having to play in U.S. Open Cup every year. That's probably the only constant <laughs> right now. Um, I But the Red Bulls are a team that was really good last year. Um, they did get beat by a Columbus team that game-planned the, the conference finals rather than they did. But over a long stretch of the year, the Red Bulls are a team that held up, um, which was... Nobody thought they were going to be able to do with the high pressure was hold up over the end of the year. But they managed that extremely well. They've only got... Except, you know, Miazka has gone, but overall they've gotten deeper in terms of talent. And bringing back, what is it, like all but two starters, I think, from last year right now because of uh, Paranel's injury. Right. That, that is a big, big positive for the Red Bulls to have that kind of consistency after a Shield-winning year. And on the compared to 2014 when we were coming in saying there was a consistency – this is a young consistency where 2014 was a lot of vet, old veterans. This is a team that's mostly under 32, 33 years old. So this is a team that still has legs to it, and it could do a lot of damage in the East. Um, but just because of the nature of MLS, I don't see a repeat. 
Uh, I do see a top three finish in the East. I think in top two, get out of that playing round that could be so dangerous and uh, get yourself uh, a home advantage in the first round of the playoffs. And again, I'll say I think the Eastern Conference is yet again the weaker conference, so there's going to be plenty of opportunity to pick up points for a talented Red Bulls team. I don't think any of us are are doubting that. I think it's just, for me personally, just the nature of MLS, it just... I mean, we we lost to Philadelphia. I, I know it was the Open Cup, but we lost to Philadelphia in the Open Cup. We lost to Orlando at home after, like, doing a pretty good job of handling them in their house. And then we lost. We got that disgraceful loss against them. It was like what two or three goal victory for Orlando at home. Like, it's just this weird upside down league where anything can happen on any weekend, and nobody can predict a single thing. So, and uh, the other thing is, uh, oh, sorry, Pat. I was just gonna say really quick. We got the uh, switch schedule this year, where we're gonna play DC away twice, uh, Philly away twice, um, Smurfs away twice. So that might be a little tougher. Yeah. Um, you know, I, what I was going to say real quick, you know, is about like the MLS Cup is, uh, the only thing that kind of works against the Red Bulls is that, you know, so many are predicting they, they have a high percentage chance of making MLS Cup. And as we've seen every year, unless it's, uh, was LA during their dominant, the Donovan years, the latter Donovan years, um, you know, there really are no guarantees to the MLS Cup. So that's the only scary thing in terms of that. Um, you know, uh, LA, on the other hand, I almost kind of feel like they may take a step back as despite all the people they brought in, uh, because I, I think they're kind of, you know, I don't know what we're on. I think we're on MLS 3.0 and I feel like bringing in all those older veterans, that's a very MLS 2.0 and I think it could very well blow up in their face. But, um, that, that's a whole nother story for another time. But, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Either way, I think it's going to be a positive season overall for fans to enjoy. Um, and really that's what matters most. All right, so uh, game preview? Game preview. Okay, so before we actually the predictions, we have to go over last year's stand, last year's final standings. Um, so last year, we kind of let all of Once a Metro participate. This year, that's not going to happen. It's just the three of us. Right, they were chumps anyway. I still don't have my belt. Uh, it's because we haven't met. We haven't that's... actually you know, seen each other. I kind of saw you at the MLS draft. Oh, that's right. We did, and I forgot the belt there. That's what it was. You that's son it. of a bitch. It could have been on video, and I chickened out, apparently. Uh. Um, funny thing was, I could have gave it to you when you came to my house afterwards, but we forgot them, too. Yeah. But, oh, well. We had an overly exuberant dog to deal but with. Yes. Uh, Pat won. What did you say? We had an overly exuberant dog to deal with then. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he probably would have tried to eat the belt, because he likes plastic anyway. Mm. Um, so Pat did win last year's prediction contest with 25 points. Um, the way the points work for those who don't remember, I don't, or I, I never do. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to remember because I tell you how that works every week. That's right. Um, so the way this stuff works is we will predict a win, loss, or draw each week and a score. If our win, loss, or draw prediction is correct, you get one point. If the score is correct, you get an additional two points. Uh, that's a total of three points a week. Uh, ties are decided by who gets the most correct scores right, and after that, I don't know. We haven't had to worry about it yet. So, uh, but last year the three of us have finished one, two, and three. Uh, Pat, you had twenty-five points. Truman with twenty-four, who was beaten on the last week of the season. Sickening, mm. sickening result. And I came in third with twenty-second. Proving that everyone else is just a bunch of chumps. 
Jilts. We did have two people at 21, but sure. Jilts. <laughs> I feel like I vaguely, so, I feel like I vaguely remember rolling through Guatemalan farm, farmland and listening to the latest episode of Red Bull Rant and being written off in the, the uh, contest of that. <laughs> it's, it's a very possible scenario. <laughs> but I came back. So predictions: the first of 2016, New York Red Bulls hosting Toronto FC this coming Sunday, 1:30 p.m. kickoff time. And I need to get the TV station because I don't run off the top of my head. Uh, of course, their website changed, so I can't get it easily. MSG. Uh, yes, MSG. One thirty. Yes, one thirty p.m. Eastern time. The first, the first game of MLS 2016. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. I mean, we're only a supporter shield winner, but I guess that doesn't count for anything, as proven in that stupid MLS commercial where they show a bunch of dumb highlights and then they flash all the logos. But the first logo they show and they keep up for like more time than anyone else is stupid Smurfs. Yes. You heard me, MLS? They're, they didn't win nothing. They didn't win nothing. But they're I... Don Garber's shiny toy. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, predictions. Yes. What? Toronto FC, Red Bulls, at Red Bull Arena. Pat, you go first. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Um, I, I kind of agree with our guests. I think it's going to be a 2-1 um, uh, Red Bulls win. Uh, you know, the, the, I think the Red Bulls, you know, they like we kind of hammered home, hammered home throughout the show. They've got consistency. They looked uh, pretty solid coming out of the preseason. Um you know, and the one thing working in their advantage is, you know, is that uh, Josie Outdoor will most likely not be playing in this game. So one of their one of Toronto's DPs won't be on the field. Problem is, Sebastian Giovinco will still be on the field. So uh, we, you know, he, you know, he's going to be a pain to contain. Um, the guy who contained him last year is no longer with the team, uh, Matt Miazga. So uh, you know, there there is something to be worried about, but. You know, Red Bull Arena has been a house of horrors for the TFC. Uh, it's been a general house of horrors. It's been a house of horrors in general. So, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, so, I'm supposed to be the one that's sick on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I had my bit. I had the illness like a month ago, and it's been bothering me, you know, still to, to, to this day. But, uh you know, you can just kind of, I mean, judging from Ticketmaster and StubHub, you know, it might not be the best crowd. Um, hopefully we can get maybe 20 in there. Um, and uh, it could be a nice, loud, intimidating atmosphere for TFC. And the Rebels will come up with the win, 2-1. Here's the problem about uh, the the attendance for that game is uh, not only is it one thirty, which is kind of lame, and that's not an excuse because uh, Giants fans get the Giants games at 1 o'clock, no problem. Mm-hmm. Traffic and parking is going to be a fucking nightmare. Uh, I warn all of you who are going to the game to get there really early because parking is quite reduced. Uh, lot A looks like it's been chopped in half. Uh, there's another section where there's no parking. It's going to be banana pants if you're I going there. So the, the lot in front of the building that used to be like ten is now fifteen bucks too. On top of that. Oh boy. So yeah, just prepare yourself for a uh, crazy parking. Get there super early. I will be there super early for the ESC tailgate, of course. Uh, getting to the game, I'm afraid of Giovinco too, but I think what's going to happen is he's going to get run over by one of those random construction vehicles that are laying around Harrison right now because they're all over Red Bull Arena. Yeah, sounds bad. Um, so are, they, are they Yanmar? 
construction vehicles? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> wow. I, I'll give you credit for that one, Jay. That is, that's a fantastic pun. Yanmar makes the finest construction vehicles in the world. Wow. Yanmar. I'm pulling that, that out, of, out of the midpoint of last season, too. Oof. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll give you that one. Every time we say Yanmar, we get a dime. I Yanmar. think the Red Bulls owe me for that product placement. I think so. I think, but as game prediction, since I just want to be different with everybody, um, you guys know what I do when we're talking about TFC, right? Uh, you dismiss them? I dismiss them, and I've never, ever, ever predicted them to win a game ever, and they're certainly not winning this one. Because if they win this game, uh, we can just set the stadium on fire, and we can wait till 2017. Uh, you got the Supporter Shield banner going up, you know? Let's not mess around. I'm going to say 2 nothing, just to be different. Uh, I don't... That I just... Two nothing. Why not? Uh, Dan said three nothing. Pat said two one. I'm going to say two nil, and I think they're both going to come from BWP uh, one in each half, Ooh. and it's going to be a uh, shield raising. Uh, it's going to be a super kick party. That's all I'm saying. Super kick. Um, I don't know what I want at the moment. I know I know when. I, I know that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what's the score? Do I want to go with one of your scores? Or do I want to? Headed out on my own and try to get three points early. Um, I'll go three two. Mm, all right. I, we might have a little bit of a shootout here. I um, like this. I like this. Yeah, you know the Red Bulls offense seemed to be clicking during the, the preseason, uh, and then on the flip side, the Red Bulls defense is still trying to get used to each other. So I could see a little bit of a goal fest open up the uh, the season, and we'll just we'll stay with that. I like it. Three two. Ballsy. Yeah. Nice. Ballsy to the wallsy. It's, it's not my FU prediction of the week, though. Not, mm. not even close. <laughs> but so, uh, was there anything else you want to talk about? Tons. Plenty. I told you, we're gonna, this is a bulky third segment we got going on here. The dump, uh, the dumping ground max. Yeah, we're, we're, we're dumping it all out on the floor tonight, everybody. Uh, so first, I went on uh, Twitter and Facebook today and I wanted to ask, uh, what they thought their fake MLS predictions were, and thankfully a few people participated. Uh, Pat, I'm, I'm so let down. I thought for sure you'd be in on this. And well, I'm on the show, so... So, I'm on the show, too, and I went hog wild. You made predictions? I did I, not see that. I have an excuse. I was working. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I'll read you just a couple of mine. Um, one of them was, I think, that Jermaine Jones will slide tackle uh, Don Garber in front of MLS headquarters and still not get red carded. Hmm. I think NYCFC will build a stadium in West New York and claim that they're still playing in New York. Well, to an extent, that would actually be true. Right. And I also think that um, this year will start in overtime. They will have a multi-ball, like when you play pinball, you know, multi-ball. So all extra time games of multi-ball, but yet the uh, Timbers and Sporting KC will still have to go to penalty kicks. <laughs> Uh, we had a few a few contributions online. Our good good friend Jay Cantonese, uh, th- he thinks that Didier Drogba is going to score a hat trick on every game that he plays on turf. There you go. <laughs> uh, one of our listeners, PWC002, he had a couple. Uh, his his first one was that the Colorado Rapids will sign Tim Howard uh, and Frank Ross to designated player slots and still suck. There you go. Uh, but my favorite one was the second one was that uh, Rafa Marquez will t- then tell the Rapids to get on his level, even though he doesn't play for the team. Now, the question is, if if the Rapids sign Frank Roast, what plane ride does he hurt his uh, leg on? That's true. We don't know. It could be anything. <laughs> Probably JetBlue. I would say it's got to be JetBlue, right? Yeah. 
my good friend Jason Adams thinks that uh, Messi is going to sign with the Portland Timbers. There you go. But even Ballsier, Jim McHugh thinks that uh, NYCFC is going to sign Pele midseason, and they'll go on to win the Shield and the Cup. <laughs> well, Shake I mean, Pele, MLS Pele predictions for everybody. Pele will do anything for uh, uh, paycheck at this point, right? Yes, I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. <laughs> it actually happened. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, so I, now, if do you guys have anything else? Because I have one more game I'd like to play with you guys. Uh, well, um, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out a... Uh, Prediction: I think that uh, NYCSC will have a full-on mental breakdown halfway through the season, have a robe and candle night, and ritually sacrifice Frank Lampard. Oh, boy, that would be that'd be fandily fantastic. Mm. Jay, do you have any predictions before us before we move on? Um, that at some point RFK will actually fall down before the new stadium even begins construction. Well, these are fake predictions, not things that are probably <laughs> though. <laughs> I think no, that's about 75% going to come real. No, I don't have anything else. Okay. So I have I have one more game I'd like to play with you guys, and then we're going to uh, shut the show down. So is this the one, that's the one you would not tell us about? This is the one I won't tell you about. It's a quick game. It's going to be really easy. And it's called Yeah, Meh, or Yeah. All right? This is our MLS season preview. I'm going to run down every club for you guys, and you just – no explanation – I want either a yeah, which means they're going to have a good season, a meh, which is, you know, okay, or a yeah, terrible season. Okay, and we're going to do this in alphabetical order because I'm on the MLS website, and that's how they put things. And then they also have two teams that don't exist yet. So are you ready to play yeah, meh, or yeah? Please tell tell me the non-existent teams are actually in this because that would be great. Yeah. Sure. Uh, We'll just... (laughs) Uh, we'll just have Pat go first for everyone. That way you're not saying things at the same time. Okay? Here we go. Chicago Fire. Yeah. Uh, well, what was the what was the the third choice again? No, yeah. Is there worse than that? Oh, you mean... Yeah, that. Right there. All right. Going. Colorado Rapids. Yeah. Meh. The Columbus Crew. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of obvious. D.C. United. Meh. Uh, yeah, meh. FC Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. The Houston Dynamo. Mm, yeah. Meh. The LA Galaxy. Meh. Yeah. Jay, you're thinking way too hard on this one. No, no. I'm not thinking way too hard on it. I was just making sure my choice is right. <laughs> the Montreal Impact. Yeah. Meh. The New England Revolution. Uh, meh. Yeah. Smurf City. Meh. I'm saying yeah, but not because of results. It's results. Oh, then meh. <laughs> Our beloved uh, New York Red Bulls. Yeah. I, if I don't say yeah, I'm screwed, right? So yeah, yeah, you're you're off the show. <laughs> you're ostracized forever. I'm off my own show. <laughs> Orlando <laughs> City. Uh, uh, meh. Meh. Pu, the dupers. <laughs> uh, I'll go, I'll give them a meh. Yeah. The the Portland Timbers, defending MLS Cup champs. Yeah. Meh. Real Salt Lake. Ugh. Meh. The San Jose Earthquakes. 
Yeah. I'm Green Pat. Yeah. The team that invented this game, the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. Meh. The team that steals songs, Sporting KC. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure that applies to more teams than just Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> Sorry, but what did you say, Pat? I think I interrupted you. I said yeah. I'm going to go with meh for them. Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. The Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, yeah. Meh. The team that in the future may or may not change their name, Atlanta. Uh, Meh. And Will Ferrell's team, LA2. Meh. I just want to say, though, Will Ferrell cannot claim credit for Jose Moreno getting fired because that clearly goes to New York Red Bulls. Absolutely. Yeah. He's so full of shit, that Ferrell. A fucker. That guy. Ooh, we hate him. Pat has a lot of anger towards Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell. I challenge Will Ferrell to come on this show and face me. Ooh. Yeah. Throw down the gauntlet a season early. That's, that's right <laughs> you hear that, Will Ferrell? We know you didn't, and we know you never will. Yeah. <laughs> come defend your non-existent team on the Red Bull Rant, the second highest rated podcast for the New York Red Bulls. Who's going to be the worst team, Chicago or Colorado? I think the Rapids will again beat just yeah. got awful. Yeah, I mean, what they're getting Tim Howard, they're very possibly getting Tim Howard on the on what appears to be an extreme downswing in his career. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, he was displaced at Everton. I feel, I feel, I, my, one of my good friends who used to host uh, the short-lived Young Go Marching podcast. Uh, uh, he was a he's a big Colorado Rapids fan, and uh, it's just it's misery out there. Stan Kroenke is just he's. Mailing it in over there as an owner. So I think Chicago's got to be worse. I mean, if you ship, if you literally ship off Harry Ship, then ship it off Ship. Yeah. Who is our? Who is your best player and and a hometown favorite? Then you've probably given up on the season already. Yeah. Good luck, Rapids. Yep. Yep. So was that it? Do you have any more games for us, Truman? No more games. Uh, the only last thing I'll mention is that um, there's a new podcast in town. Oh, yeah, I saw that. View from one of view from two o two. They haven't recorded an episode yet, have they? They have one episode. Oh, they do. Okay. Yep. I have not listened to it yet, so I can't speak to it. So if you haven't gotten your fill of uh, us, which I, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, we yeah, I just did it all for you right here. Um, but if you love podcasts, go check out the new one. Go follow them on Twitter. Uh, and uh, Leo from Quick Check and Fanwood. Uh, yeah, I'm the guy who recommended. Rebel rant to you if you're actually listening to the show right now. Uh, I don't know why I didn't just say I was the host, but yeah, I'm one of the hosts. So modesty. Uh, yeah, I think you know, you know it, it was like complete, complete arrogance. I pretty much I think it was just kind of like I was like, you listen to any of the podcasts, and he's like, and I was like, wait, he's like, yeah, I listen to Seeing Red and uh, Rebel Rant. And I'm like, well, let me tell you about. <laughs> and then he was just like, no, I don't listen to either one. And I'm like, oh, okay, well you should check them out. <laughs> just remember, I got. The very first, and I think the only so far, Red Bull Rant High Five. Ah. I think you're right. I think I was recognized once in a bar. I mean, now I'm recognized a little bit more, but, you know, it's... I think it's mostly people to yell at me for not liking the Open Cup, so... Uh, Yeah, sounds about right. How dare you not like the things that I like? I must kill you! (laughs) It's political season. That should be the only attitude that we have. Well, hold on. Right Right now it's... 
you're not Democratic enough, or you're not Republican enough. But of soon enough, it'll be you're not the right side of the fence, and then we're all good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Gary Johnson, 2016. Let's do it. Let's start. <laughs> um, my final thing, and I think I've complained about this commercial in the past, but it's since I saw it again tonight. Uh, no offense to Kelly O'Hara, uh, who's a wonderful soccer player for the women's national team, but, uh, the chocolate milk commercial. I mean, come on. I, it, it, yeah, chocolate milk's gonna make you a better soccer player? No, it's just, it's just gonna give you diabetes. So, what, what is, I mean, I would take the money and run too, but <laughs> it's just silly. Well, clear endorsements. I mean, with the, with the Women's National Team Player Association suing the Soccer Federation, I mean, you got to get your money from somewhere because it may not last very long. <laughs> well, you know what? We're 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 above being bought on this show. By the way, this episode of Ripple Rant has been brought to you by cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do have a question, and then and then we're going to end this. How did Tokyo Sex Whale not get elected head of FIFA? Uh, that's true. He's pretty corrupt. And you figured he would have gotten the election. All I know is that his name's Tokyo Sex Whale. That's true. There's that, too. I don't even know what that guy does, but whatever. His name is Tokyo Sex Whale. That, that's my vote. <laughs> he does corruption. That's what he does. Yeah. All right. On that note, <laughs> this was a very productive episode, for lack of a word, of the Red Bull Rant. AJ, before you close out the show... Um, oh, wait. I, you're going to do the last thoughts. No, I, no, I just want to tell you one thing. Okay. And that's win. That's win, baby. Oh, no, 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 that doesn't come yet. We got, we got to do our info, and then we do last word. No, no, I'm telling you right now, right now, I'm not messing around anymore. So, so now we're just gonna change the order of the show after. Four That's years? right. Win this goddamn game. So wait, no, I just want to get this straight. After four years of a consistent way of doing the show, we're just gonna mm-hmm. change it up all of a sudden. That's right. right. We should get nuts. You know, let's get a little bit nuts. That's right. Bit. Gotta change it up. Yeah. I want a thousand followers. We're that close. We have to fuck with the show. Oh, I'm sorry. Mess with the show, Jay. But that's only a second curse word, so I think we're still okay. I think we're, I think we're at three. I think yeah. Goonies rules were good. We're still technically explicit on iTunes, so we're still yeah. going to... I, I, I think that whole explicit thing went out the window when I dropped the F-bomb on the first show, so... Yeah. Season. We were going to try to be not explicit. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to try and get open our door to more guests, but we kind of uh, gave up on that. Uh, well, not give up. We just realized that we are naturally unfiltered, so... Yeah, it. four. All right. Now we, we can did, close the show. We did tell Jay that he's not allowed to be like, hey, guys, it's time to earn that explicit rating. I'm going <laughs> to say the F-bomb now. <laughs> You mean like I tried to do on like the second or third episode and I didn't actually do it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now let's actually wrap up the show. Okay, now we're going to do it for real. Sorry, everybody. You it's the real ending. Vis- you can Sh- Sh- and I have to watch Impractical Jokers. And, yeah. I have to, and I actually have to edit the show. So you yeah. Have to, anyway, you can visit us at onceametro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Follow us on Twitter at Red Bull Rant for the show, at Doc the Stooge for myself, at PMACDA2 for Pat, at The Truman for Truman. Scratch us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud.com, slash Red Hyphen Bull Hyphen Rant. Uh, if you want to email us during the week, Red Bull Rant at gmail.com, or you can call us. We actually have a voicemail line and have since the beginning of the show, 973-348-5329. Uh, last words before we get out of here. Already said it. One more needs to be said. Uh, beat the hosers. Beat the hosers. Just go on, win, baby. Win, win, win it up. Yeah, beat, beat the Toronto people. Before. Yeah, yeah. Beat the Argonauts. That's right. Argos, woo! And the Marlies and all those other teams from Toronto. Yeah, screw them all.
All right, so for Pat Truman and myself, this has been episode number 173 of the Red Bull Rant. I can't believe we're this far up. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lates.